Welcome to Divine Inspiration by Adantisha James. Today's topic is don't compromise. Yes, that's the topic today. Don't compromise. It is so easy to compromise in the world, in our society that we live in, to be like our neighbor or some family member or maybe our friends because they seem like they got it going on on the outside. Nice cars, big house, always dressing with name brand clothes. It seems like they have it all together. Compromise basically saying, I am going to do what other people are doing in the world. It seems like their their life and what we see naturally is that they got it all together. Until we start to hang out with that person, uh, we start to see the stress or the, or the debt, the debt or the credit cards or they are using to purchase every item or the silence with, when their family members are facing some issue and nobody seems to talk about it until one day everything just blows up. The person who, who um, you thought had everything together really didn't, really didn't. And now you are someone decides to compromise and be like them. And now you are behind on your bills trying to keep up with the Joneses. In reality, um, in reality, all people have some kind of issue. And either we can be truthful to ourselves and get the help we need and learn to be happy and content or compromise and be miserable. Let's get into the word of God. Are you ready to get into the word of God? Let's go into Daniel chapter six, verse five through nine. The word of God says this. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. The royal administrator perfects satraps and advisors and the governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any God or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, should be thrown into the lion's den. Now your majesty issued the decree and put it in written so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medians and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put it, the decree in written. And so Daniel was the foremost of the three presidents administrator who assisted King Darius in ruling the empire. Because Daniel's excellent spirit, which included an extraordinary intelligence, the king planned to give him a new position above all the other administrators and satraps. It was due to God's goodness that at 80 years of age, his mind was still sharp in his ability to under undiminish, undermine. And so Daniel's enemies had no hope of accusing him of wrongdoing. Their only hope of condemning him would be to require something that had official government sanctions in co conflict with Daniel's loyalty to God and his word. Satan will use the same strategy against God's faithful people during the rule of the Antichrist at the end of the time. In order to rule of the Antichrist, I'm sorry, in order to find any ground on which to accuse God's people, he will create a situation where there is conflict between God's law and official government requirements. The Antichrist will set up an image and command that it be worshiped as a deity. And the devil is a liar. Like Daniel, God's children can't compromise to the lies 
of evil and wicked of Satan, our the world, our bow down to any idols. As believers, we have to stay loyal to God, loyal to, to loyal to loyal to God, and He will deliver us. And if He don't, we will still live because we go home to our heavenly Father. We might live in this world and do our work and serve people, but we really we only bow down to our heavenly Father, the God, and no other God, which is the living God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. That's who we will bow down to, but there is no other God, no other idols, no other imagination, no other image, no other rock, no other crystal that we'll bow down to because we belong to the Most High God. And so the presidents and the priests was jealous of of um was jealous because of King, I mean, for Daniel promotion, those under him plotted to make an issue of Daniel's faithfulness to the law of his God. They agreed together to get um, King Darius to issue a decree that they knew Daniel would not obey. His act of disobedience will force the king to command the death penalty. So Daniel, um, Daniel's uncompromised loyalty to God in his word is a good example for all believers. Let me say it again. Daniel's uncompromised loyalty to God in his word is a good example for all believers. We should demonstrate integrity and do superior work even in the most difficult situations without compromising. Our biblical conviction in this way, God will be honored. You see that when we don't compromise in the world or do the things that the world does, we are honoring our God because we believe what God says. So no, we don't go out there and smoke weed. No, we don't go out there and drink our liquor. No, we don't go out there and be a prostitute. No, we don't go out there and do no drugs. No, we stand still and be what God told us. We do intelligence. I mean, our intelligence, we try to be excellent. We try to do everything the right way and whatever is not the right way, we try not to do it. So we try to stay in our lane. We don't want to copy the behaviors of the devil or his evilness or his wickedness. Can I get an amen on that? Let me keep going on. So in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, the word of God says this. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went to he went home to uh, his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees, prayed and given thanks to his God, just as he had done before. So even though Daniel seen when um seen when the king king darius signed the decree and it still didn't stop him for praying to his god which is the only living god of abraham isaac and jacob daniel was loyal to his loyal to his god no matter who was the king on this earth or what decree they signed you see, some of the Israelites chose to compromise in Babylon and chose to copy the behaviors of the Babylonian culture. Babylonian people, but but Daniel wasn't one of those people. He he still had a relationship with the living God. The king's decree did not cause Daniel to become timid and change his habit of praying, and his windows remained towards Jerusalem, where the temple once um, once stood. And so, though he knew of the danger he did not let anything keep him from presenting his petition to God. So in Philippians chapter four, verse six, the word of God says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, presenting your request to God. Likewise, we, we must not allow anything to cause us to neglect our daily prayer and devotion to our God. What what is compromising? What is compromising? So in the Bible, compromising can be positive or negative. Positive compromising can include coming to an agreement. 
while negative compromising can include lowering our standards. So let's get back into Daniel. Daniel chapter 6, verse 15 through 17, the word of God says this. Then the man went as a group to King Darius and said to him, remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issue can be changed. And so the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. And then the king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. And so because Daniel refused to compromise his worship, his enemies brought him before the king for not honoring the decree. The king had no choice but to have him thrown into the den of lions. The den of lions was underground with an open at the top. A large flat stone was laid over the opening and the king's seal meant it could not be opened without, the, without his authority. I mean, without his authorization because Daniel's interrogating in his excellent spirit, the king had come to admire Daniel and to respect Daniel's God. King Darius spent a sleepless night in the morning crying out, in front of the lion den, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is your, is your God whom you serve continually able to deliver you from the lions? In Daniel 6, chapter 20. And through Daniel come, came out of that out, the, out of that lion's um out of the lion's den totally unharmed. Totally unharmed. Praise the Lord. Our God rescued him. Our God was protecting him, Alliance. Daniel slept well in there with the lions and the dens. Can we get an amen with that? He didn't compromise, okay? He didn't compromise. He didn't do the decree what the king put down. He, he wasn't worried about what the administrators and the haters was trying to say against him because his God was with him. His God protected him. Let's keep going on. So afterward, Daniel's enemies were thrown into the same den and they was all destroyed by the lions. They was all destroyed by the lions. Let's keep going on. And so in Matthew chapter 22, verse 17 through 21, look at this. It says, tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial um, tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, and said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a, a denarius and he asked him, whose image is this? And who's, who's um, in scripture? Caesar's, they replied. And then he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And so the Pharisees tried to entangle Jesus about many about money of Caesar's. Just like Daniel was loyal to God, Jesus Christ was loyal to um, render, um, yeah, Jesus Christ was saying, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and render to God what is God. It didn't mean that he was supposed to bow down to Caesar. He was speaking the truth. As God's children, we should surround, um, yeah, so we should surround we should, I'm sorry, we should surrender to him, worship him, and love, um, I mean, have a relationship with our God, with the living God, not the stuff of this world. We still have the power, we still have to pay our taxes. We still got to pay our bills. That doesn't mean we should bow down and worship money. Jesus Christ taught us to love our God with all our heart, Lord, our mind, and all of our soul, and to bless our enemies. 
The empire of Jesus' days was the Rome, um, the Rome's Rome ruled by Caesar. And some of the Israelites copied the cultures in there and bowed down to their gods. But Jesus Christ didn't do that. Jesus Christ was arrested by telling the leaders in Jerusalem that they was corrupted. Jesus Christ didn't compromise or bow down to any corrupt leader. So let's get back into the word of God. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 46 through 50, it says this. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabashe, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. And immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with the wine and vinegar, but it on the staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And so these words mark the climax of suffering of Christ, a lost world. His cry in Aramic, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Testifies that he experienced um, separation from God as the sinner substitute. Heard the sorrow and grief and pain were at their worst. He was wounded for our transgressions and gave himself a ransom for many. Him who had no sin, God made to be sin for us. He died forsaken that we might never for be forsaken. We are redeemed by the suffering of Jesus Christ. Jesus uttered his final words with a loud voice. It is finished. The cry signifies the completion of the work of redemption. The death of our for our sins had been paid in full in plain of salvation established only, then did he offer a final prayer, Father, in thy hands I command my spirit, in Luke chapter 23, verse 46. So God risen Jesus from the dead as true king of the nation. The king that king, the king that Daniel has hoped for when in his time, the resurrection of Jesus is one of the central truths of the gospel. What is the importance of Christ's resurrection to those who believe in him? It proves he is the son of God. It guarantees the efficiency of his redemptive death. It verifies the truth of the scriptures. It is proof of the future judgment on this wicked world and is the foundation of Christ's gift of the Holy Spirit and spiritual life to his people and for his for and for his heavenly ministry of intercession for the believers. And so we as believers, we don't copy the behaviors of this world or compromise who we are in the children as children of God. So those who have faith in Christ live in their live their lives in in live their lives in him in union with the Lord, both in his death and resurrection. Thank you so much for listening to Divine Inspiration. God bless you. Bye.